Yes, thank you, and welcome to a Monday from Hell's Kitchen, the studio kitchen. Yeah. Here it is, Chef Josh Oakley, Avelina, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. I mean, we've been trying to get us together for a long time in here, so I'm glad we can finally put it together. And here it is, Chef Anthony Mills, thanks for joining us Happy as well. to be here. This is good stuff, man. And first, yeah. we'll start with Hell's Kitchen, yep. right? It's airing right now, season 19. Season 19, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Um, we are on episode three right now. Set your VCR. <laughs> Not your DVR, right? Not your DVR. <laughs> no, but you can catch it a lot of different ways. And I know here in Denver, we have a great vested interest in you mm -hmm. and the show now. But it's a little different. It's not like the Bravo Network. It's a, the Hell's Kitchen. That's mainstream TV. So you get yeah. not just foodies, but yeah. everybody involved. And everyone and their mom. You know what I mean? Everyone, everyone sitting down watching. Fox has got the audience. So. It's been really interesting to just kind of see the people reach out to me yeah. um, and people just kind of discover me, I guess. Sure. So. It's the same producers of Big Brother. I believe right? so. Yep. And they like to create narratives and, and how people are and, and they build up your character, whether yeah. that's your character or not. Yeah. They figure out who you are. Who's your character? Uh, I feel like I'm pretty reserved in the show. Okay. Um, but I can't tell if that was me just because of nerves while I was there. Sure. Uh, I'm usually pretty ridiculous in the kitchen. Um, and I get that from a lot of past chefs I've worked for. Yeah. They always tell me you got to keep it light in the kitchen. But when you have Gordon Ramsay standing behind you, you're not really joking around. So <laughs> when you watch the episodes that you're in, mm -hmm. do you go, oh, I should have done that differently or I missed that step? I, I, you, you're probably your worst critic. Well, I had you even watched them. Yeah, <laughs> I've had every single memory of like, I'm sorry. I have had many memories, even while I was there being, you know, the person sitting watching and going, yeah. oh, I would have done that. And then I'm there in the situation making those dumb mistakes. Uh -huh. And then the second I like reflect on it, I'm like, that's literally what I would, you know, I know what people are going to say sitting down, yeah. you know, but all I would say is if, if you think, you know, you can change the outcome, go ahead and try. Yeah. Hindsight's you know? always on. Yeah, exactly. Though, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're in the moment, it's like you make decisions that don't yeah. always make sense. Well, <laughs> I would think the nerves would really get to you. At yeah. Some point too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you guys have been friends for a while, right? Yeah. Almost yeah. a decade now. We, uh, have started... you watched any of the episodes? I actually haven't yet because he's waiting for the whole <laughs> season to come out. Cause he's a binge watcher. Oh, yeah. you're a binge watcher. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. binge it. I'll binge it. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, we started cooking up, um, well, together we started cooking at the Pullman up in Glenwood Springs. Um, and, you know. Uh, eight years ago? Nine yeah, years ago? Probably almost eight years ago now. And um, then we both moved down to Denver. We were working at Harmon's together for a little bit. And then yeah. once Avelina opened up, uh, we both moved Jump over ship. there. Yeah. We're, we're a team. Step Brothers? Yeah. You ever see that? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, he's, we're sitting in the chair. He's who's right behind who? me. Yeah, yeah. Who's who, though? Oh, I'm Will Ferrell for okay, sure. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, guys, we got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to cook. We're going to talk today. We'll laugh. We'll cry. We're yep. going to just party. A lot of and crying. Dance. A lot of crying. A, lo a lot of laughing. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is great. We're going to cook up some good stuff. And while we'll do that, we'll just have some conversation. Where do you want to go with the menu? Um, so we're going to start with dessert. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Not, not very conventional, but um, I am going to be preparing today uh, smoked beets. Um, honestly, I really enjoy taking vegetables and trying to make people eat them as dessert. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I like really do strive to like bring carrots and beets and all these other sweeters. I was going to ask you that. It's like beet dessert. Yeah, beet dessert. Okay. It's not it's not conventional, but um, I think there's a lot of room to play with them. They're nice and sweet. Um, there's a great texture for a dessert, and they're quote-unquote healthy i mean we're gonna cover it in sugar yeah. and uh you know do all the fun stuff so now remember everything that you see here today is on the menu at avalina yep so this so is you can enjoy this too so we're going to pressure cook the beets um 
I if actually do prefer something. doing this than braising them. I really feel like it helps break them down. They don't have to be cooked for hours. You can do it in 12 minutes. Uh, so just some red wine, a little bit of thyme, uh, some citrus in there, which is always nice. Everybody asks, and we've got to ask too, okay, Gordon Ramsay, yeah. what's that dude like? He's got to probably be a very nice guy. <laughs> uh, I would say that he is the most intimidating person I've ever stood next to. Because of his accomplishments because or of because his, he makes you feel? Because uh, of just his stature. He yeah. like carries himself very elegantly, and he's very, you know, everyone knows who he is. It's uh -huh. like I've never really been starstruck before, and I just remember the, like, the very first day, the very first scene, like everyone was just like, oh, there, you know, there he is. So it was pretty crazy, and he's no joke. The, all the rumors, you know, all the, all the things people think about him, I would say they're all true, you know? Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he's got any myths that aren't real. So we're just going to pressure cook this. Um, let's see, manual setting, if I'm looking at things backwards, there it is. So I'm just going to go 12 minutes and get that started. So what we're serving with the beets is an apple cider caramel. So we've taken apple cider juice, reduced this down to a syrup. Um, I didn't add any sugar to this at all. I uh, just literally cooked down probably a quart of this, probably makes about a quarter cup. <laughs> It's pretty concentrated. So we're gonna get this going. All right, and I love apples and beets. I think, you know, that's a pretty easy pair. I can't pair. say I've ever had that apples before. I'm trying to beets? think if I have. Man. There was a beet salad that I had. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Everyone puts fresh yeah. sliced uh, yeah, yeah. apples on beets. So. Maybe, maybe it's just, um, uh, some people don't like beets. I personally have yeah. grown to like beets. So throw a little bit of cinnamon in there. Now, when Chef Ramsey came in, you met him for the first time. I well, met John Sugar Van Dam, and he was like this tall. Oh yeah, I mean, I is I, there something that struck you by meeting him? Like I didn't really. I didn't know how big he was. He looked okay. down on me, and I and I'm he's not. He's a big I, dude, he's, and I, you know, I think he's like six three. Wow. So you, you know, you just and a the, lot of hair. It, it's the statue of him is is just one one thing that makes it feel very dominating when you're around him, and uh, you know, he's witty. He's quick he's uh you know he's very intelligent you know he, he's like two steps ahead of you mm -hmm. i mean when you're on the show you're you're buzzing around and he's like observing you and he like almost knows what you're thinking and he's already like trying to you know he's already got jokes going in yeah. on and you're like damn man how are you so far ahead of me uh, a little bit of baking soda so that what that's going to do when that boils it's going to help make a softer caramel so we're not making a traditional caramel that's going to be this like thick saucy we're actually going to coat the beets in it when they come out so Ooh, I'm going to want great. that to pick up. How about the competitors? Were you sizing them up? or? Oh, what? yeah. I mean, hey, uh, there are a lot of talented people there. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I think whoever, you know, casted us really tried to make a good competition out of it, honestly. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I was I was really surprised. I was like, like, wow, like most of these people here are, you know, have some form of accomplishment and have yep. done something with themselves. all walks of life every yeah. one of them executive chefs um just about i believe there's like just a few that weren't and give give an idea like the regions and places that they're from yeah i mean we were from coast to coast all the way from um like philly to la um georgia uh, and then you have me in the middle um yeah so i mean we were all over the country this is coming together nicely yeah so we're just gonna we don't want to boil it too hard all right. We do want to let it cook for just a little. Let's see here. 
And then I'm just going to throw a little bit of glucose in there. It's just going to help stabilize it. Anyone who's unfamiliar with glucose, this stuff's super fun to work with. How long did the filming process last? We filmed 17 hours a day. No, you did not. Yes, we did. Is that possible? It is possible. It was like 16 to 17 hours. We maybe five, six hours of sleep. I mean, you sleep there, right? So, I mean, it's just, it's go, go, go. You don't, you so don't how many days was that? Um, I, I mean, the filming itself, I, I think two weeks. 17 hours a day, two weeks. Yep. You probably saw some weird sides of people as the <laughs> hours go on and... I mean, I, I you know, you... You know you, who all the cigarette smokers are <laughs> and their yeah. little habits and... I mean, for me, it was just a, a, a mental game, you know? Like, you're just, you're just trying to stay in your own lane and you're just trying to survive. I mean, it, it's like you, you hit the ground running from day one. I think they did a really good job kind of conveying that in the show. It's just like, you get there, there's theatrics, it's crazy. And the next thing you know, you got Gordon Ramsay sitting there, you know, just going after it. We're, we're cooking, we're doing, a, we're doing challenges, shrimps being dropped out of the sky from a helicopter. I mean, it was one thing after another. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then there's some waiting around too, right? Uh, no, barely. No, really? Oh, okay. yeah. I just picture you somehow with a headset on, listening to Eminem, got one <laughs> shot. No, yeah. no, no. It was, it was, uh, it was nonstop. I mean, we were, we had an alarm at 7 a.m. and it was like you had a few, you had a very small amount of time to get ready. You had to run to service. You get, you get what's going on. You'd go through the challenge, and then you'd go to the next, and you'd get ready for dinner, and you the wins and the rewards, and uh, it was crazy. It was nonstop. Now Las Vegas, what was that component to being in Vegas? Uh, well, those were the Las Vegas part. Really came in for the um, you know the the rewards and your like penalties, pretty much. Mm -hmm. You know, because they'd always take you out somewhere. So that was cool. I mean, we got to do some really fun stuff, which you guys will get to see here in the uh, next couple weeks. So now, is that an operating restaurant? No. So we we cooked at the studio set. Okay. The the restaurant itself was open the entire time. Gotcha. So. Um, Caramel is going to be cooking slowly. Got beets going here, making, making sure we're closed. Uh, now we're going to be doing a hazelnut wafer. So it's just a little dark chocolate, 70%. Um, a little hazelnut praline. So it's just like peanut butter, but with hazelnuts. There's no way these are made to order at Avelina, are <laughs> No, 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 no. You but gotta... it, it, this isn't actually a very um, difficult thing to do, so. Let's see here. A little time intensive. You got to pay yeah, attention. Yeah, just just a just a little. Uh, a little clarified butter. A little uh, brown butter if you want to really get in there. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the experience? Uh, that TV is harder than it looks. <laughs> that was my biggest takeaway. I think a lot of people sit and watch and say, and I will be guilty of that. But I, I think that uh, it's it's something else. Yeah. You know, like I could do that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's. Oh, I. You know. How could they? Yeah. That's how easy. could you make that mistake? That's so dumb. Sure. That's so simple. They must not like know anything. And you're just like, please, go put yourself in that in that environment and try to keep yourself composed. You know, 17 hours and, you know, the, the people who win. You know, the people who are the winners of Hell's Kitchen and past. Like, you know, there's there's some strong people. You know, what I mean, they they uh, mentally can handle a lot your background now you're from where i'm from scottsdale arizona yeah and from scottsdale i mean what, did you always want to cook um 
No. So it was a uh, it was an escape out of college. Truly, the the the, the original what was your idea. Path? Where were you on course? Today? I wanted to be a musician. Really? I, I wanted to be a, a drummer in a band, and I wanted to like tour and and not be like tied to anything and kind of live that life. And my dad just gave me a good, you know, good conversation of like, you're gonna need to get a real job. You know, you gotta figure something out. Uh, took I took a home ec in um, in high school, which was funny. I don't even think I don't even know if they do that anymore. Like a home ec class. I made bread and like cookies for the first time, and I for some reason was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Like, and people, like everyone wanted to try it, and everyone wanted, you know, everyone was like, wow, you made that. And for some reason, it was just like another form of entertainment. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like I was creating something that people were receiving and liking. So. Um, I kind of just was like, okay, maybe I can do this. And then um, I had some family friends who, you know, pretty much told me, hey, if you want to go, like, don't go to culinary school, work in the best restaurant that you can, and just learn from the chefs and, you know, go, you know, go from there. So, yeah. And uh, so you did. And that's exactly what I did. What was next on the tour stop? The next on the tour stop was uh, eventually moving to um, Colorado. Did you put your drums down all together? Uh, no, I still, oh, the drums, yeah, because it's, you know, you're living in apartments and everything and, <laughs> you know, it wasn't um, by choice, you know, it's like, so, but I did put it down, but I still made music. Um, I produce music now, but, uh, and then, so we're going here with Fulitini with, these are just crepes that are uh, dried with a little bit of sugar and. Um, you're keeping an eye on all yeah, this, yeah, yeah. chance. <laughs> right. So this is a pretty simple, I always do this little pinch of salt. I always like salt with chocolate. All right, so we're gonna set this. I'm gonna break this up. That's a great start. So to Colorado is next on this stop. Yeah, I, and then that's where I'm, you know, uh, went to the Pullman in Glenwood Springs with uh, Chef Mark Fisher and John Little. And um, I spent two years, two years there? I, and then, but I, the entire time Anthony was working there, um, and then I went up to town, which was uh, six eight nine in Carbondale, which is a, a pretty, you know, well-renowned restaurant mm -hmm. in this, you know, for farm to table. And I got to spend uh, two years there, and then decided, you know, I needed to go get back into a big city and try to really push what I can do and mm -hmm. be around other chefs that are inspiring me, because in the valley, as much as it's nice to live there and I would snowboard every day. It's not really a place where you like have a lot of drive to continue to better your right. culinary career. So where did France come into the picture? When did what? France. So when I was leaving Carbondale, so I'm pretty much just gonna set this here. On the menu now at Avelina. On the menu now. Chef Josh Oakley here with us today at so, Studio Kitchen. All I'm gonna do is get this a little thinner. So we're gonna set this in the freezer and all that clarified butter is pretty much gonna bind everything. Mm -hmm. And then we'll punch them out and they're these great little like nutty textured crisps that's gonna go on top of the beets. Perfect, rock so. and roll. And then, uh, sorry, so go back to what you were saying. Six months in France. Yeah, so I was in France and um, I went right after I was leaving Carbondale. I had this opportunity to kind of not have to be committed to a rent or a car payment or um, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. 
and I really felt like it was going to be the last time in my life that that was going to be a thing. And so I had some uh, uh, friends and family kind of help me out, get me over there. Um, I went to a culinary school called um, uh, Gastronomicon, which on a Google search kind of thought it was going to be a little sketchy, but I went with it. And I showed up and there were like real two-star Michelin chefs there and my that. mind was blown away and... The Google search and then I just show up in yeah, France. Yeah, here. I mean, there was a moment that I was... It's in back there. It was a moment where I was actually afraid that I was gonna kind of get duped because yeah. there was so little information on it. Now it's, you know, this was five, six years ago. So now it's a lot more popular. Yeah. Um, but the chefs Were you that between was, jobs? Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. I had, left, um, I had left the restaurant in Carbondale and I was moving to Denver. So I technically didn't yeah. have a job, you know, it was great timing. What were your hopes to get out of it? Just more knowledge? Yeah, just to not be the chef or the one in charge or, or the manager and, you know, step away from the numbers and just go there and be like the kid who doesn't know anything. No one came to me asking like, chef, how do I do this? I like or that, you next? stepped out of your comfort zone. Oh yeah, I mean, I went there and I, and I was just like, you know, learning how to do everything again, you know, from kind of from scratch, so. Cause they do things very different there. Yeah, <laughs> such as? Um, you know, they're just, they taught me a lot more about precision. You know, they're very exact. I mean, every recipe is to the gram. You know, every little, every little component of your dish really matters. Um, you know, really fine tuning uh, dishes with, with your palate, which is something that, you know, I feel like I knew how to do, but I feel like going there just kind of well-rounded, uh, helped me be a more, little more well-rounded. Um, and the teachers that I had were just amazing. Was it classical French style cuisine? No, it was more modern. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and the, uh, my pastry uh, instructor just opened my eyes to a whole new world about mm -hmm. like really how they do things. So I'm making the honey yogurt for the, uh, the dish. So nothing oh. crazy here. Uh, a little bit of honey, a little bit of yogurt. Um, I love coriander seed um, in here. It kind of tastes like Fruity Pebbles. Is that what you were crushing up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I was crushing it up a little earlier. So it kind of tastes like Fruity Pebbles. And I just like how floral it is. And then I will throw in just a little bit of orange zest. I like the bitterness to it. So it's, it can come off as a pretty sweet dessert, but try to have a little balance. Oh, that's a good one. So, so. I can consider Arizona and Colorado same regionally, you know, yeah. ingredients type of thing. So being within Colorado and, and Arizona, I love the regional, but they're seasonal ingredients and seasonal proteins. Well, I would say that Colorado is, has a really fast season. Like things come in and then they're gone, you know? Like you try really hard to keep on the menu, you know, certain things and it's like really tomatoes are only good for a few weeks. Like Rocky Mountain, like even though they're great, but like there's like there's a very small moment where they're amazing. Yeah. And that's what's really, I, I have found really challenging about doing that in Denver. Uh -huh. Right. Is like um, what's another one that I'm thinking of? We always feel like melons. Uh huh. Like melons too. Like and maybe that's. Maybe but that's, when they pop, they pop. Dude, the when they apples, go the and peaches, dude, yeah, the and, melons, and they they the... come and go so quick, and you'll create a dish. Sure. And you'll be like, three weeks after making it, yeah. you're like, man, with that watermelon not being that ripe, right? You know, this dish is really not the same, and. Are you trying to figure out how to, you know, navigate through that's been a fun challenge. So yeah. have you had the opportunity to work with other regions and their ingredients too? Is that something you'd like to do? Yeah. Um, I started recently working in North Carolina, um, with the company that, that, uh, that is a part owner of Avelina. And so getting over there and kind of tasting what the, you know, what they have to offer, you know, getting a Georgia peach for the first time and things like that, their corn's pretty tasty. I still think our corn's better here, but. The old um, corn. Yeah. 
Um, you and know, then and the just, Palisade Peach, I mean. Palisade Peach is good, but it, it's still not a Georgia Peach, is, okay. It's not. And right. I, I'm well, not hating on it. We'll have people that would fight you for yeah, that I'm one. I'm not hating on it. <laughs> I'm not hating on anybody. <laughs> so we have um, the wafer in the freezer. Beets are almost done. Um, we got our caramel that we're going to toss them in once we take them out, peel them. Got our yogurt is ready. So pretty much the waiting game. While that's happening, we're going to start our next dish. Okay, let's break first. Yeah. Got to go slow. Oh, Spend yeah, this bad. time. This, gents, it, the, ladies and gentlemen, this is a pleasure <laughs> to have Chef Josh Oakley. We have been trying to catch up for quite some time. Yes. And with the new year beginning and everybody were... Uh, woo! Sorry watch about watch that, your hands. Chef. You see, the, see there's, a, there's a thing right there. <laughs> I, um, going forward into this new year, we're going to talk a little bit more about reopening and, and yeah. starting and stopping a restaurant is just not flipping a switch. <laughs> no, it's not. And being downtown, that's a, a, a little bit different of an obstacle as well. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. And I'm glad you're here with us. So uh, Hell's Kitchen, it's season number 19. Chef Josh Oakley here with us today. And then uh, a little bit later on, we've got Chef Marcus and Chef Blake here. Uh, the culinary quick start. We're making education cool again, man, <laughs> here in Studio Kitchen. Truly, I've been sitting in on this class, and whether you're a chef or you're just wanting to get into the business, there are some great fundamentals and basics of just mm -hmm. going over them again. Yeah. It's really cool to watch and to see. So we'll catch up with these guys later. Show your table right over there. <laughs> Getting ready for that. So we'll break away. We'll come right back. We still have a lot more cooking to go. What's the next dish going to be, chef? So we are doing chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings. Yep. Classic chip yep. chicken and dumplings. And again, Avelina, you're open for service right now. Yep. We what? are open Tuesday through Saturday, 5 to 9. And on the weekends, we're doing uh, 5 to 9.30. Perfect. Okay. Yep. Take a break. We'll come right back to Studio Kitchen. Uh, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker doing a great job. We'll see you in a moment. Stay tuned. The Modern Eater Show continues. Thanks. Hey. Cool. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumplin' for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the modern eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey 4-pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax and York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. 
Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. Back to the show in just a minute. It's a good one. We're doing a lot of cooking in the kitchen today. But I have to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. What does Jeff Rourke do? He puts the tap systems of your dreams in your restaurant or bar. As we get going again, you're going to have to make sure those lines are clean because pouring in efficient beer, Jay, what are you doing? You're pouring your money down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. Get all the Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions. Glycol needs to be tweaked. You need an Adeline, water wine, nitro, coffee, kombucha, whatever you need, Jeff Rourke can do it. I was just at the Monarch Casino in Blackhawk. He did a build-out, you guys, like football fields of lines down wow. in the one central cooler, and they're all running perfectly. You know how many kegs are in, like, a line? That's tough to do, but Jeff Rourke can pull it off. No matter how big or how small Jeff Rourke can do it, give him a call, 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809, Jeff Rourke, A-plus beverage solutions. Okay, we're back in the kitchen. Chef Josh Oakley, Chef Anthony Mills. We are doing it with Avelina today. We've got, some, what's, in, what's uh, we're back there freeze, chilling. We are freezing the hazelnut wafer. That's on the way, yep. we're gonna plate that. Let's talk about your menu at Avelina right yes. now. Have you had to pair it back? Have you expanded it? Or have you changed it? Uh, what have you done? Well, when we reopened this winter, we went, let's go into winter. So yeah. brought in new vegetables, brought in new heavier mm-hmm. dishes. And then we also really wanted to make people feel comfortable. So that's why, you know, we did chicken and dumplings. You know, it's a, a dish you can relate to. Sure. We're going to have our ways of putting our Avelina spin on it, yep. which, you know, maybe not how your mom would make it kind of thing sure. but at the end of the day it's still chicken and dumplings kitchens have to be lean and mean right now from yeah. ingredients to purchasing to employees of who you have you guys are on the rebuild right now it's yeah. on the men so you add slowly but i think you know exactly what you want what's your dream as you're walking into spring summer fall and then capturing the regional ingredients that you want to as well and working with vendors that's got to change a little bit yeah i mean right now it's <laughs> It's just surviving. Um, we, we really want to try to have as little in in, in the restaurant as sure. possible. Um, and it really comes down to Anthony and I pretty much prepping things almost fresh every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this weekend we were super busy and that was amazing. We also weren't really ready. We didn't, sure. know, we didn't know what to yeah. expect downtown. So yeah, we have a better idea. But I think how we would look at it is hopefully by spring more vaccines. You uh-huh. know, people are getting a little more comfortable. Um, businesses come back. I mean, being downtown, that's a really big bloodline for the weekday mm-hmm. you know weekends people will go downtown and they'll go out and celebrate but the week, weekday business is really about businesses coming back so once we start seeing them come back up we'll add more items mm-hmm. hopefully get more staff on i mean right now in the kitchen it's me and anthony prepping then we have line cooks that come in, in the evening and then we just get them out as quick as we can so finding a utilization for everything yeah. that you have yeah yeah there's a ton cross of cross utilization yeah. as well uh, and just keeping it going so looking for the but you're doing kind of comfort stuff right now yeah. in the middle of the winter yep exactly Just chicken and dumplings chicken and dumplings we're doing noki and crab which was a massive hit last week um you know we're doing a, a mushroom stroganoff uh so it's a vegetarian version of it um which is going over super well and you know again just kind of dishes that you're comfortable with and you're not like kind of like questioning what you're eating you know over the weekend it was pretty busy very busy we were full both friday and saturday so that was that has such a great feeling to everyone to come back you know the small staff that we had and honestly we've had the same line cooks 
that we rehired for over, everyone's over two years. At Reservation recommended? Reservations is recommended. We fill up and at 25%, you know, I think anyone who wants to go out on the weekend, you should make a reservation. Yeah, and, and it's I hard love to it. Get a table. Truly with downtown and as we worry about it because people are forming new habits. Yeah. And they're, which is great. I mean, you love Abilene, you want to go back, but get back into the habits. Yeah, exactly. Going down seeing these guys because they're going to really lay yeah. it out for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, it really blew away our expectations. We did not expect it to be like, Full. I was like, whoa, that's like, great. That just came and out. And you of, need it too. Yeah, I mean, no, of course we need it, but. Well, I, just for guy. I mean, when you're cooking, you want to see faces. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to just put it in a container. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Send no. it out. You know, and that's another thing too, which I would love to talk about is, you know, we do a great to go. People don't think of Avelina as maybe a to go meal, and I understand why, you know sure. what I mean? But honestly, a lot of our food travels very well. Um, and, you know, I think that you'd be pleasantly surprised that, you know, just because you're ordering from a fine dining restaurant that you're going to you know not get value in what you're ordering yeah so. you guys will hook it up yeah exactly sure. yeah i mean we're gonna make sure the box is full even if you know what's next so um i am going to start the chicken and dumplings and by start i mean i'm just going to break down the chicken um we are just using the thighs in the restaurant the legs and the thighs uh for this specifically um so but we'll keep the breast and we will um, use them for the boudin blanc. So we'll keep it here. Easy enough. Trim off the fat. We use the chicken skin uh, cracklings to garnish the dish. Um, normally we set up a cure uh, and we'll, we'll cure the, uh, the thighs like you would almost uh, duck confit. So we cure them for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Today we have a little bit of TV, TV magic <laughs> for you. That's ya. right. Um, Pop that out. Want to grab the oyster? Coming down. All right. So broken down, pretty pretty simple, easy. Yeah. Save that for stock. Um, we always take that off. Pop that guy. Yeah. Nice, easy, quick French. Again. Save that. Take off your. I'm loving watching this. And then let's see. We got this guy. This guy. Same thing here. Take this guy. So in the restaurant, obviously uh, chicken breast for sides or whatever, and then we'll grind this up and put it in the boudin blanc. Um, we're gonna cure these for 24 hours. And I had a bowl and I think I just did that by accident. So our cure is always salt, sugar, citrus. It's mm -hmm. kind of in every single cure we ever make. From there, we kind of decide what flavors do we want and what's gonna complement best with the sauce. So today we did orange and lemon, uh, some rosemary, some allspice, and uh, uh, garlic. So we're pretty much gonna bury this in the cure. Get it under. We'd let this sit for 24 hours. It's gonna start pulling a lot of the moisture out of there um, and it's gonna help season the, uh, the chicken legs all the way through. Um, and then we cook it in duck fat. Okay. So we'll cook it in duck fat, um, no longer than an hour. Okay. Chicken cooks pretty quick. Um, and then it will be picked and it will be tender and delicious and come off like this. And there for chicken she and dumplings. is. Look at that. So that was 24 hours. That's 24 hours. Yep. And then Tony over here is going to take over and we're going to start making, um, the dumplings and the fricassee. 
Yeah, so our um, dumpling sauce is based off of a classic uh, French disc dish called chicken fricassee. Um, it's just a little bit different of a dumpling sauce, uh, a little more finesse to it. Um, and Josh, if I could have you hold my mic. Oh, yeah. While I do this. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. You which side? Right here? Cool. Um, so we start with um, schmaltz. So that is rendered chicken fat, just to add that more umami uh, chicken flavor. Um, so we'll get that going. And then here we have mirepoix, so the, uh, your onions, celery, carrots, uh, a little bit of garlic, Aleppo pepper, uh, and fennel seed. It's all about the temperature, chef. Yep. Can't let it get too hot. <laughs> All right, and so Don't we'll sweat these out camera. until it kind of just becomes aromatic and your onions become translucent. We'll give that a moment. What's your favorite dish at Avelina? Honestly, <clears throat> this is my dish. This is one of my favorite, but my favorite right now is uh, Josh's crab gnocchi, and it's just flying off the shelf. Um, it's a... He, we're doing um, ricotta gnocchi. Uh, we sear that, and then we put it in a Mornay. Um, and then we just do some fresh lump crab meat on top, uh, just tossing a little bit of lemon juice and fresh citrus, uh, preserved lemon. So um, it's, it, it's a heavy dish, but at the same time, that light crab just, like, cuts right through it. And it's, yeah. It's super delicious. Simple um, and, it, and it's super friendly. I mean, you put cheese sauce with, you know, gnocchi, it's going to sell. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so now we're... Um, where we need to be, so we'll deglaze with some sherry. And we'll let that reduce OSEC um, a little over half. So guys, you've worked together how long in kitchens together? About eight years. About eight years, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too long. Continuity in the kitchen means a lot, though, doesn't it? Absolutely. To know, you know, I know it's on his mind, he knows it's on mine. Oh. Absolutely, I completely agree. Um, sometimes, you know, it's like when you when you do have a new, um, let's say, a new sous chef underneath yeah. you, it doesn't really necessarily know how yeah. you're working. You're, you almost get a little angry sometimes, which you shouldn't, but at the same time, you're like, I need him to know what I'm thinking sure. at all yeah. times. Yeah. You, you need to be a Jedi. No, it's telepathic. If yeah, you yeah. Exactly. You're like, you didn't um, know what I was thinking? How is that possible? Yeah. yeah. So, what, so what do you do with the kitchen culture? How do you bring in and then how do you get them? Because really, it's the leadership. If yeah. there's something wrong below the leadership, yeah. it's a disconnect with I'm, you guys. How do you get that good continuity in the kitchen? I mean, we take a lot of pride in the longevity of our employees. I mean, we've, yeah, had, we've had Dylan for five years. Uh, Chris has been there for almost three. Rick's been there for almost three. Um, I mean, that's all we have brought back right now, sadly. But, yeah. um, and, you know, and we we know how each other cook. And I think, like, that's the reason why our food, like, we could be closed and opened and people are happy. And, you know, like, the you know, we were full and the wheels were turning just fine. It wasn't clunky. There weren't mm -hmm. mistakes. Uh, and, yeah, I and if I can interject yeah. real fast, I, I think also just keeping, like, a, a, a good morale in the kitchen, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to keep camaraderie. You know, we're all we're all friends. We... You know, we're all nerds and we play video games together after uh, service sometimes. So um, just keeping like good morale and, you know, what do you do when you're behind when you're getting your ass kicked? That's your pat. Does it get a little weird? Too? No, everyone's pretty professional. Really? Like, I think that's like a, the big thing about what well, maybe he said in the beginning, you know, 
we're in a professional environment. We like to have fun, but when it's full restaurant, it's go time. And when someone speaks that is supposed to be speaking, everyone just listens. Jumps in. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's no issues with being like, hey, I thought we were friends. It just immediately goes to like, yes, yeah, chef. Yeah. You know what I mean? The friend thing's the after The friend this. thing's out. And, and that's what's nice about working with someone for so long. Like you have that relationship. Yeah. And it's not like, hey, like I know I was your buddy when you were prepping, but sure. you were sucking all service. So I rode you. That's right. Like, I hope you're not upset. But like, you know, we'll be fine when this is over kind of thing. Yeah, so. And it's just to get better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're not yelling at people because you want to yell. All you want to do is it to be right. You want to make sure that the, the guests are happy and... You know, because at the end of the day, the line cook, it's like, yeah, man, we'll be able to pet you on the back. We'll get you going. It's like, but they look at, you know, the name on the menu. They look at the reputation of the restaurant. Like, that's how I always look at it. It's like, look, like, this isn't about you. This is about the restaurant. For sure. It's about the table. Yeah. It's about their food. It's about them coming downtown, them wanting to have an experience, mm -hmm. and them wanting to want to come back, you know? Yeah. And, if you, and if you're having an off night or you're, you know, you're, you're dragging and you're mm -hmm. holding the kitchen behind, you know, even though it comes off harsh, it's like, you know, you got, you have to be talked to. It's like, Hey, you gotta, you know, take yourself out of the equation. Think about the team, you know? Yeah. With, um, high end dining or fine dining, COVID didn't do it any favors and did bring <laughs> you into the, into the takeout and, and pickup service. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, some restaurants that were in, I, in my opinion, like suburban neighborhoods, mm -hmm. like Cherry Creek where we live, sure. you know, like their to go business just went on fire yeah you know like people are so busy they're like turning off their their apps uh -huh. and just downtown it just wasn't that you know right. people a lot of people don't live downtown not maybe as you think do so it, it was it was tough for us we had to like try to figure out how we're going to survive while we're forced to be closed and a lot of our business you know um used to be offices that were around us and a lot of people are working remote yeah. so yeah. Um, you know we've definitely seen so that pivot point was helpful but it also and correct me if I'm wrong, it kept your kitchen intact where you didn't have to get, get rid of all the employees there or? No, what, no, what? we had a full layoff. Did like you all really? Of, okay. Yeah, all of us were. So that's what I was yeah. going to ask. How did you, your kitchen is back to having some of the people that work? Yeah, yeah I mean, no one wanted to go get a job anywhere else. They just said they'll sit tight and wait. And so, I mean, that's the kind of relationship we have with them. You know, like I said, it's been a long time and a lot of them still learning and changing stations. I mean, you know, a lot of them were sues before and kind of took a step yeah. down. We just have uh, just a nice family, you know. So for those that have never stepped foot into Avelina before, how would you do that kind of color analysis of just capture that into words of what you're walking into? <laughs> and Well, I, I think the biggest thing about the restaurant is the dining room. Um, uh, the Jennings who helped uh, build it, because it used to be a bank, pretty much had free range and they were like, so we're gonna open a restaurant how would we want it to look? And so they pretty much made the kitchen the stage. Um, it's, it's pretty low lit everywhere else. Booths, everything's kind of dark. Um, hardwood floors, uh, big drapes by the bar. But everything, and everything is kind of focused back into the kitchen, which is completely wide open. Big wooden board in the, board in the middle. Uh, lights kind of really bright and fluorescent. Mm -hmm. So even if you're sitting there dining, you can't help but not like watch. Mm -hmm. And then you have Anthony and I and line cooks and sure. servers coming in and out and it, and it almost becomes a stage. That's and great. it's a little bit more than just like going out. And it, it's, not a, um, it's not a quiet meal. You know, it's, it's not this like super fine dining, like everyone's mm -hmm. kind of like whispering to each other. It's not like that at all. It's very big, it's very open. Um, the kitchen's well, right there. Well, flowing through there yeah. too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have a great <laughs> bar. Um, but it's... Uh, what would Gordon Ramsay say about your restaurant? Uh, you'd probably think the restaurant's beautiful. 
you know, I really do. I think it's, I think, I think it's just very elegantly put together. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. And the idea that the, the, the actual kitchen is the focus is something that I, when I stepped in, it was just like, wow, you know, this yeah. is like amazing. It's like, it's like I, I couldn't imagine a better kitchen, personally. Yeah. Did you slide him a little note and say, hey, there's some free chicken and dumplings <laughs> in it for you if you... Gordon was a hard man to talk to. Really? Like, oh, yeah. No personal offline conversation? No, no, no. I mean, it was... I'm, I'm not kidding about the go, go, go. I mean, it was... You were... You barely could collect your own thoughts, was, let alone try to have a, uh, a PR conversation with, with Gordon yeah. Ramsey about your Did stuff. Did production prep you in advance like, hey, if I see you talking to no. Chef Ramsey... Oh, no, no, don't worry. He would tell you off before you even needed to be told off, you know. Gotcha. He's not, you know, he's not there for that. He's, he's there to, to find his, his best chef for his new restaurant. So that's what he's there for. Absolutely. It's not a, it's not a, it's not like a, you're working in his kitchen and it's a, it's a hundred percent competition. It is like cutthroat. There's no friends. There's no, there's no like side conversations. It's just like, you know. Was that your first cooking competition yes, it, yeah show? yeah yeah do you see yourself wanting to do more of those or a different format no no i i don't i i i think that it's for certain people but for me it just wasn't i like to i like to plan and i like to think and i like to really put things together mm -hmm. and that you just don't have that time there so for me it, like that part was not fun like i'm very i'm a, I, like i'm very organized and it felt so chaotic that mm -hmm. for me it's like if that's how they film these that's great but you know, it's something that I learned that it's just not like how I am. When Chef Brother Luck and Chef Kerry Baird were on Top Chef, did you watch any of those episodes? Yeah. You yeah. did? Yeah, because they were running around here at Whole Foods, uh -huh. weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. Seen, I've seen those, yeah. What, what was your impression of just the different, just different shows altogether? Yeah, but. I mean, the, the, I think the difference between Top Chef and Hell's Kitchen is you're trying to find someone that Gordon Ramsay wants specifically for something that he's mm -hmm. creating. And Top Chef is way more about that chef being them. Gotcha. Right. Does that makes sure. sense. Like, Absolutely. Gordon, it does. Gordon's so, hiring you to run his kitchen. So yeah. he's looking for something where top chef is like, they're looking for you to be yourself and it may, you know, and then from there it's whatever they turn it into. But I think okay. that's really the difference in the show. They're not comparable at all. Agreed. Yeah. So can you, w was there any building your personal brand within that show? Do you believe? Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I, like I said, I've, I had some people come in this weekend that were like, we saw you on hell's kitchen. You know, we followed you on Instagram. I mean, I would imagine that happens regardless and, you know, doing things like this and... Do you anticipate um, it'll grow from oh, there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> How about Instagram and those are just the, the Yeah, my Instagram like definitely is probably the most, because that's the easiest way to find me. My Facebook, I try not to have random people just all over sure. it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, Instagram is much more for the PR, much more for the you know, getting to guests and communicating and always, like, if you follow it, it's all food for me. It's all yeah. I ever post on it. So. so come on, you're his friend. Come on, Tony. <laughs> What's the inside <laughs> joke? You got to give him oh, some God. kind of business. Oh boy, with this. this is going to be good. Yeah, just like when you, when you talk Mike. to him about like, um, oh, Hell's Kitchen, huh, Playboy? You know, you don't give him, <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> no, we, you don't rib him a little bit? We always uh, kind of, when he was away, we would kind of, Imagine that he was kind of messing up in his introduction. <laughs> and our boy Tim would be like, um, Hi, I'm Chef Josh Oakley from Hell's Chicken. <laughs> oh, shit. I love it. Uh, so, so, 
It's very you know, true. We, I, I uh, do you probably go, messed hey, that up a few do times. Do you go, can I call you Josh anymore? Or yeah. Is it just, no, no, I don't think I'm that's not, ever changed. Yeah. I'm not any different. Well, you're a better friend than I am because yeah. I would I would play around. with Don't that worry, a there's bit. plenty of trolls on the internet who are having their way. Do with you me. get trolled too? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, anyone like does. Any, I think anyone that puts himself in front of a give, camera. Just give me a taste of some. Sure. Oh, not nothing. I mean, I I really can't speak on anything specific. Yeah. It's just like I've 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 known people who've been on TV, and they're just like, it's just a part of it. Like the second you get any kind of like light yeah. on you, uh-huh. someone's got to come and be like. Oh, you're you're this. I would have, you know, like I was saying earlier, like everyone has their opinions on what they think that they would be doing, kind of thing. Now, so. what's this water rice ratio? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, when I was doing the, so the, you know, traditionally Hell's Kitchen is always um, make your signature dish. Yeah. And I had uh, espresso rubbed lamb chops on there. Uh huh. That I'm very proud of that I did for the Shen uh, dinner uh, a few years back. That I always feel like is a dish that I can put together and wow people. Uh huh. And we show up and they're like you're going to ring a, a knob and you're going to be told what to cook. So it was like turned into almost like chopped. I was like, okay. And I got rice, scallops, and Swiss chard. And um, I was like making the joke because uh, I'm sitting there like concentrating very hard and trying to remember my ratio of my rice because I feel like it's very easy to screw up. It's also easy to make. And I'm like, oh, and, you know, Gordon's going to be eating my rice, so it better be cooked perfect. So I was like taking a crack at myself, just like, that's all that you know they, they sent me that photo and i was like man i'm really concentrated on weighing out that rice <laughs> did you ever just draw a blank just because of the pressure oh yeah yeah i did that with the swiss chard i thought um i honestly started cooking it like it was like a collard green and i and that's like that was the disconnect i love it i did like vinegar and brown sugar and i was like like swiss chard like i should have done shallots and garlic and white wine and lemon but it was already too late, and I was just like... Stuff you've done. Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly, right? You say Swiss chard, and you're like, boom, I know how to cook Swiss chard. But I started, like, trying to braise it, and that's... Which, you know, didn't really work out for me, so... <laughs> I love that type of thing, because it's real. And that's when you say... Yeah. If you think cooking with somebody filming you, and yeah. the, I mean, yes, it's difficult. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I imagine even on Top Chef, like, just the environment is... Mm-hmm. It, it's unfamiliar and, and it puts you in a place where you second guess every single thing you do uh-huh. because you're always like, damn, I got eyes on me everywhere. I mean, the set is crazy. It's, it's something like you've never seen. So it's interesting because, you know, cooking for the most parts and being in a kitchen, it's not real glamorous. Uh, it is. <laughs> it can be. I mean, sure you, it can you, be, but for <laughs> the for the chefs that get into the kitchen or yeah. the cooks that want to get into the kitchen for the wrong reasons, um, <laughs> yeah. you might look at that again. I mean, I, I think the I think the culture of what people think of a chef and, and I mean, yes, there are shitty kitchens with shitty chefs and bad management and makes things miserable. And instead of trying to like pick people up and make them better, mm-hmm. you're always putting them down. And there's a rotating door. Like I I know those exist, but. I really do think like the younger generations of cooks, which I would include myself as, it's like, I don't want to, why would I want to work in that environment? I don't want to preach that to anyone. I don't, I don't want to be known as putting someone down. Like, I like, why, like, why, that doesn't, you know, you want to enjoy what you do for a living and cooking is very enjoyable. I, I love my job. I don't want to do anything else. I love to cook for people. I love the rush. I mean, yes, it's stressful. Yes, you curse. Yes, you fuck things up. You know, there's all of this, but I think like, the, sh- the cooks coming up as long as they stick with it because I mean obviously some people you know I think not as many young people are getting into it but I think the demeanor is changing on like that it's just like dead end job that you're just like this you know you know someone who's lost and you're like oh, I just started mm-hmm. cooking I work fry you know it's mm-hmm. like it's like yeah there are those people but 
I think that like if you actually enjoy the craft, like you can easily find a way to, to make it enjoyable because there's not a lot of great chefs, you know. There are a lot of cooks, but there are not a lot of great chefs who like control a kitchen and, you know, are creative and can run good costs and, you know, really push it and pull a team together, so. That's so well said, because yeah. that's exactly right. So what would you say to that young, starry-eyed drummer <laughs> years ago? Oh, you might, I made the right choice, <laughs> I mean. What, was it, what, would you, what would you say now to him, though? Oh, what would I say to myself at 18? Yeah. Um, wow, you got lucky. You know, because like I did, I, I did it all out of like just mm -hmm. this like diversion of of not having to go to school. And it ended up being like something I became so passionate about that now I give my life to it. And, you know, and but good, you took good yourself out happened. of your comfort yeah. zone a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. You did a few risks. You put down something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. And you got in and found another passion. So let's jump another 15 years yeah. ahead. Yeah. What do you think that guy will say to you now? <laughs> um, don't don't lose your way. You know that's what. Keep doing what you're doing. There's not there's nothing broken. You know it doesn't need to be fixed. Just keep enjoying life. Keep you know keep enjoying going to work and building a team and making good food. And every year, every winter, being like, what am I going to do this year for winter menu? You know, I try really hard. We try really hard to not repeat dishes. Maybe you know like there's only so many vegetables on the planet. You know for seasons. So a lot of times you catch yourself, you know, using them, but just trying to like always the next year, just trying to one up mm -hmm. yourself. And I think that's like something not having like had a chef over me for a long time that has like kind of progressed me is like, there's a lot of self-motivation of like, you know, just keep, just keep thinking the way you're thinking, keep doing what you're doing. Like it, it's going to be fine. There's, there's bumps and there's rocks in the road. And how are you going to set yourself into that? to where you're uncomfortable again for growth. <laughs> well, I think I did that with Hell's Kitchen. I think you did too. I, I think Hell's Kitchen was, I'm not like, uh, you know, that's, that was very un uncomfortable. <laughs> and, um, you know, I learned a lot about it for myself, whether I liked it or not, but I still learned a bunch. And I did learn from Gordon Ramsay. I mean, you guys will get to see, like I had some, I had some time to, to, to you soak. You had some moments? I had some time to soak things in, which I, you know, I listened to. And, yeah. um, you know, he's, you know, so that's just another person to take. and. You know, we're back at Avelina, we've opened closed twice, you know, learning how to, you know, break down a restaurant, put it back together super quick. And I don't know, it's been, it's, you know, if you're always hungry for, you know, something new, you'll never stop learning. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it doesn't really matter yeah. if I have a boss above me or not. It's yeah. like, I'm always trying to just figure the next thing out, so. Are you satisfied? Right now? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would love to see downtown come back to life that's yeah. really what would satisfy me yes um but i just it's there's uncertainty so i take it day by day i'm happy you know i'm happy to be open i'm happy that we can fill the restaurant again i'm happy to be cooking with my friends and family and do you consider yourself a mentor to anyone um yeah i mean i i have a few cooks that have taken me from people that didn't know anything to where they've been three three four years at avelina and you know, now they cook like me you know they've you know, they're like, you know, they, they think like me, they'll put dishes together and I'll see them using, you know, certain vinegars and like spices and like their technique. And, you know, they, they've completely kind of just like copied me, which is what you should always do. And then when, as you get older, you know, you start to stray away from it and you find yourself, so. Big responsibility though. Yeah, no, and I take pride in it, which is again, why we preach, you know, the, the good, good team environment. What's happening, chef? All right, so we just blanched off some nudie is what we use as our dumpling. Uh, I'm just going to get a quick sear on it, and then we're going to blister our shishitos in this pan, and that's our garnish. Um, 
while we were talking, we uh, finished up our fricassee. Mm. We normally let this simmer anywhere from like 15 to 20 minutes just to get those flavors to marry. Um, we have a sachet of porcinis in here with some rosemary thyme, uh, black pepper. Look at that spoon. <laughs> That's a spoon that's seen some dishes yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, right. We use that one on the line. I love it. Um, so yeah, just getting a quick sear on these guys. Gonna blister the shishitos and then we can plate this up for you. What do you think of Studio Kitchen here? This is awesome. You guys, yeah. Could do something in this here? This is great. What would you add? What would I add? Yeah. Do you have a fryer? We do. <laughs> oh, well, then I don't know. <laughs> we just have to wheel it out. <laughs> I mean, you pretty much got everything, you know? Yeah, what do you think of this Yoder yeah, smoker? That's, that's amazing. That baby's a beast. I'm on one of those. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> do you do any cooking on your off time? Yes and no. Um, my You're girlfriend right. also does a lot of cooking. She's a chef as well. So. Oh, really? Um, Shout mostly out to her. in her, her off time. Uh, yeah, she, she'll be cooking for me. Where's she cooking? At Evelina. Oh, wow. Yeah. All in the family, yeah, huh? All in the family. That's fantastic. You guys, it seems like a really great place to be in. <clears throat> Avelina, downtown. What's the, the address is like 15, 15, what's the address? 1550 uh, 17th Street. 1550 17th Street. And again, the hours of operation right now are Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 9 p.m. Lunch yeah. is crushed right now, isn't it? No, no lunch right now. Not, not until offices come back, you know? Look at this masterpiece right here. Oh my goodness. So again, pretty simple. It's just butter. Did that come out the way you wanted it oh, to? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Here, I'll give you a little taste. little wafers look at that so pretty simple just clarified butter some chocolate little hazelnut praline and then a little fulutini for for a little um little crunch yeah all right and with the beets i love the nuttiness and actually and again chocolate and beets so good um are we going to plate that up first? What, are you doing this, Simon? What are you going to do here, Chef? What am I going to do here Are now? you going to do them simultaneously? I, these? No, I, I'm going I'm to let him finish up his. I was just pulling to make sure that this worked. Yeah. <laughs> Should we break off real quick, come yeah. back, and we'll be set up? Yeah. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to break off from Studio Kitchen Colorado. From Hell's Kitchen to Studio Kitchen, Chef Josh Oakley joins us. It's a great day, and also we met a new friend here. Yeah, we're Facebook friends, man. That's how that works half the time. I go, I go and look. It's like, okay, first time we've hung out, and I like that. Um, Chef Anthony Mills. Can I call you Tony? You can call me Tony, yes. Tony, Absolutely. all right. All's well in the world. We'll break off. James heading on over. Got to get that wafer. Mm. Okay, we'll be back to Studio Kitchen momentarily. I think Jay Parker's there. Uh, the chefs are standing by. We've got Chef Blake and... Um, we're going to talk a little bit of Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. So uh, stick around. Chef Blake and Marcus are going to be on the way soon. Okay. Back in a flash, the Modern Eater Show continues. Hey, guys. Alex Armitas over Sweet. at Sam's Number 3 Glendale. You want a Bloody Mary? You want a cheeseburger? You want a breakfast burrito? Greek salad? Bacon gyro meat? Chicken souvlaki? Barbecue ranch salad? We got you covered. Come down and see us. One more time. Try it again. Hey, guys. Alex Armitas over here at Sam's Number 3 Glendale. Now get your ass to themoderneater.com. Thank you so much.
started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time. And you're watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. All right, back to the show in just a second. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about something very important, something very delicious. It's called bread, and specifically, it's Aspen Baking Bread. If you go to aspenbaking.com, you're going to find everything you need to get your people the bread they want. Chefs, if you don't have room in your kitchen to bake your own bread, aspenbaking.com is the exact bakery that you want. Jeff Nations has been baking the freshest bread since 1994, and I'm telling you, it's delicious. It doesn't get any better than Aspen Baking. So, again, to my culinary friends, to my bread lovers out there, Get on your computer right now. Go to aspenbaking.com. Dig around. See what they have. They do pastries. They do traditional bread, bread bowl, pizza dough. You want to get some pizza dough? They'll make your pizza dough. Delicious. Aspenbaking.com. Now back to the show, but give me one second, Greg, because I have to turn everybody's microphones on. Okay, Thanks, Jay. Okay, back to Studio Kitchen Colorado and wrap up, and this is my favorite part. We're going to plate up some food. <laughs> Chef Josh Oakley, Chef Anthony Mills, Chance, spending time with you today has been a great pleasure, yeah. but here is the real good stuff. Yeah, now, now we're going to have some fun. Okay. Um, so I'm just peeling off these beets that we pressure cooked earlier. Right, we'll just do some cut cuts here in a second. Trying not to... Um, yeah, again, so the reason why I love doing beets for dessert is they really do hold up really well to chocolate and sugar. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they, they still have a really great flavor. Um, and again, cooking them in a bunch of citrus, kind of adding that. So it also comes off as like, I don't know, a lot of times you'll go out to a meal and you'll be full, you know, and make, mm -hmm. you don't want, it, you don't want mm -hmm. cake, you don't want creme brulee, mm -hmm. you don't want custardy um, desserts. And, I, and that tends to be me a lot because I always fill up on small plates and I'll do a big steak and mm -hmm. I'll have a bunch of drinks and comes to dessert time i usually you know will ask what's going on but a lot of times i'm not interested because I, I do like a lighter dessert I like a dessert that i can eat and not kind of like oh man i shouldn't have had that last bite kind of yeah. thing and you waddle out so um it's kind of really where i was driven to put on a dessert people can you know that's not your excuse you know to i like love dessert. that <laughs> and, and using the beets too uh plantains is another one that i yep. can, you totally change that into with a little bit of cinnamon and the texture but um, yep. Doing this is a great, great dish. So again, the pr so anyone at home, I know that uh, cooking beets can be always a little daunting because they take so long. But if you have a pressure cooker, I'm telling you, I eat beets all the time at home for that reason because they don't take hours to cook. They're not. Um, what if they don't have one? What's the way then? Well, then you braise them, and then they take, a, and then and then yeah. they take they take some time, which is usually a really big deterrent to people. You know, they're like, oh, I'm not going to spend that long, um, you know, doing that sure. kind of thing. So I got that. I think I had one more. Do I have a little mixing bowl? Can I get, can I get that little guy or you need that one? 
Awesome. So, gonna get our beets here. Uh, just a little pinch of salt. And then we have our caramel. Right, set up real nice and light. Again, I don't want to put a ton. It's gonna be too sweet. Cooking away from your kitchen, really, I mean, it's not the easiest <laughs> thing in the world, but how do you guys feel like it turned out today? The cooking was oh great. So great i mean this is this is uh <laughs> yeah i was gonna this say this isn't is, like cooking at someone's home or a kitchen sure. demo at a convention right. where you're on a butson burner and yeah. you're like you're like oh i forgot oil it's crap there's no oil around so got the beets there um we have our yogurt so again this this acid is going to keep it nice and light which is i always find important which is building yeah, we're just we're just having some fun here. I didn't bring any Thank you, Chef. I, I'm out of spoons. Um, so then these will just be, you know, kind of lightly played right across. Can you grab the wafer from the freezer for me? Right. And do you need a spoon? Yeah. Nothing crazy. They will always fall. All right, thank you. And then chef's grabbing me my wafer. Uh, fresh apples. Let's see. Um, these are the uh, pink. Oh, pink ladies. Not pink ladies. I'm sorry. These again, just a nice fresh bite in there. Adds a little bit of height. And then we have our wafer. Because right now you're like, isn't this just a salad? So you gotta add the chocolate. Cho chocolate makes you remember that. Oh, uh, plus the sweetness what you're, from what that. You're, what you're eating here. Well, yeah, the caramel helps, but you know. And the honey. Yeah. And then the, there's coriander in there as well. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for the dessert. That's real legit. Yeah. Um, again, pretty simple to make from start to finish. I mean, if I were to be going, mm -hmm. I could have the dessert ready in, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And you don't put a little bit more of that coriander on the top? No, no, no. Because that, that, that becomes a little too much. Because okay. coriander is really aggressive. Yeah, it'll grab you. It's, it, it'll grab you. And there's plenty in the yogurt. So that's all set, ready to go? That's all set, ready to go. Love it. That is uh, top of the list right there. I <laughs> think that's a perfect date dessert, too, because you could share that and... Yeah, Still. yeah, you're not you're not gonna again, yeah, exactly. You're not gonna leave waddling yeah. and leave room for forty-two more cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> All right, chef. All right, so we uh, just picked these, uh, seared these nudies, um, then picked them up in a little bit of chicken stock and butter just to glaze them a little bit. This is our fricassee, which we just do a little bit over the top. The smell, oh man. You really want that consistency. I mean, this is perfect right here. It's, it's loose enough that the nudie's gonna absorb some of it. Not too loose. 
Um, then we uh, garnish with a little bit of fine herbs. So this is um, tarragon, chive, and parsley. And then Josh has these shishitos, which we uh, blistered in a pan, and then we deglazed with a little bit of fish sauce and sherry vinegar. Um, so this is going to give that bright punch um, that you really need in this dish because it is a heavier one. Um, so it'll really cut through all that heavy cream and, and nudie. And then these, last but not least, are chicken cracklings. Um, these we render for almost, uh, I'd say, close to about five hours. Um, you, you bring it, you cover it with water, let the water evaporate, and then what the fat is rendered out, then it starts to slowly crisp up in its own fat. Um, and just a splash of vinegar in there and salt. Yep. All right, let's put these two dishes yeah. right here. Take a look at these bad boys. Yeah. There it is. A little taste of Aveline right here in Studio Kitchen, yeah. Colorado. You brought your bowls with you? Yep. Yeah, you, I mean, you were locked and loaded and ready to go, but this will be the presentation. This is exactly yeah, how they look, yep. Right. There's no, no smoke and mirrors here. That is great. Top notch. I'm so glad to see you guys up and running again, yeah. just rolling. Uh, I always say towards the end of an interview, first of all, congratulations, both of you. All the success in the world, I'd say good luck, but it's just continued success from here. Yeah. You're putting in the Thank time. You. you guys work very, very hard to yeah. be where you're at, and you yeah. deserve to take a minute and just say, you know what? We're, <laughs> we're making a difference, yeah. and you truly are. The 30-second elevator speech of why to come see you at Avalina. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh. You can tag team it too since you guys know each other's thoughts. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, for if you're looking for an interesting meal, um, you know, I really I invite you in to sit down, uh, take a chance. If you haven't been to Avalina downtown, honestly, we have some of the best service. Our servers have been with us for, all of them have been with us for five since years. Since we opened, yeah. We have all of our service staff that we have has been on there for five years. Great service, great food. Uh, Max in the bar can make you any cocktail. Uh, he's been blowing my mind recently. Um, and yeah, and we just want to come in and show you guys you have a, have a great time. Yeah, and since the first, well, I guess we've shut down twice now. Uh, <laughs> but we did change our menu format, which I think is a little more friendly and just a little more um, just different in a good way. Um, you know, it, it used to be you get, you know, your chicken with, um, you know, a side on a plate. So now mm -hmm. we're, what we're doing, we're, we're really focusing, aside from this dish, it's a little bit different, but we're really focusing on the protein itself, a couple of sauces, and then we encourage you to get smaller plates um, to and, accompany it, you know? Be, be so adventurous, we're, we're, you know? We're trying to, you know, not reinvent the wheel by any means, but just, you know, change it up a little bit, keep it exciting. Um, we also have a new Entrust Chef on the menu, yep. so uh, you can come in and pay $59, I believe. Um, and we'll we'll take care of the meal for you. you know, I we'll, love those. We'll, yeah, we'll six, six courses, um, $59. Uh, you know, and if you please, you know, you've done it before, which we had someone do like yep. three in one week. You know what I mean? Like, just let us know, you're, you know, you're coming back. And so we can really tune the menu for you, so. Yeah. Fantastic, some of the best of the best here in Studio Kitchen today. And just look at that dish. That's it. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Thanks, fellas. Guys. We appreciate Thank your time. Having us. Hats appreciate off it. to you. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you. Seriously. You'll return many, many times. Oh, yeah. You know what? We're going to make a trip down to Avalina. I think we'll show you from there, too. Okay, yeah. we'll come back. Chef Marcus Ang and Chef Blake Stein 
They're coming up. We're going to talk to you about this exciting program. And I'll tell you what, making education cool again. We've got culinary, uh, the culinary quick start class from Emily Griffith. That'll be next right here. The Modern Eater Show continues. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching The Modern Eater Show. Hey, Zach Kreider here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trouble with the Annex by Ardent Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. Hey, you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater. And uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators, you know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever, and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you can actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here at our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody with several million dollars of hard assets here insurance is very very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling. From our alley even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow. Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker 
and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. I go home, I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hey everybody, Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. Skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. It's Skivvies, man. Okay, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. We're doing a little shift over right here, uh, but this will give me an opportunity to thank a couple of people. First of all, from Avelina, and go down and support these guys. Just getting back in the role, putting out delicious food, and thank you to Chef Josh Oakley and Chef Anthony Mills for coming down here and joining us today. Uh, again, Avelina at 1550 17th Avenue. And their hours of operation right now are from uh, Tuesday to Saturday, 5 to 9 p.m. Go ahead and get your reservation just right now. And coming uh, in full swing is season 19 of Hell's Kitchen. That's Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. And you can catch that here uh, locally at 7 p.m. on Fox. Um, right now, what we're going to do... And I'll tell you what, you guys, if you are uh, in the business, you've, you've worked in a kitchen, you're, you've been on the bench for a little while, or you just want to sharpen your skills, listen up to what I'm saying. But also, if you have any interest and you've watched the Modern Eater show for a while, and you're, in a, you're like, you know what, I really love that kitchen culture. I love to cook at home. I love delicious food. Um, I want to get into the, the, the role of it. Here's an opportunity for you, and it's a no-cost opportunity. It's a free, it's a gimme, and you also come away with some certification, the SurfSafe certification. Um, go to themoderneater.com and look at the top navigation bar. It says Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. We're starting to compile a lot of work that they're doing in Studio Kitchen, and also there's a sign-up for, sorry, chef, I mean, chef's way. There's a sign-up form for you. If you're interested, we'll reach out to you and have somebody contact you. Right now, school is in session. Got a couple of weeks left. The first week is down for the count, right? Yep, yeah. we're all that done. One, that one's all done. Now we're getting in a couple of weeks. I've been sitting in on these. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed myself Great. watching you guys do this. And truly, the skills that you will get from watching this class and having the opportunity to join them here in Studio Kitchen it's going to be memorable for you, and it's also going to pay dividends because you will have that baseline knowledge of getting into a kitchen. So, Chef, come on in here. Let me introduce <laughs> these gentlemen to you. Their classes are private in the evenings, Monday through Thursday. Start at about 5.30 p.m., and it's on a Zoom call, but it's a pretty high production <laughs> process that we're doing here in the kitchen for cooking. But without further ado, uh, Chef Marcus Ang, good to see you again. Yeah. Great to be here. Yeah, Chef hey. Blake Stein, good to see you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, brother. Um, th the class itself, again, beyond awe. I love sitting down watching you guys. I've even participated a couple of times. But the overall course that takes three weeks long, what are the things that you're covering? Oh, man, there's so much. A lot. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much zero to 100 miles an hour right out of the gates. Um, specifically this week, we're, we're building resumes for each and every one of our students. Mm -hmm. Um, we're working on them to get serve safe certified. 
uh, before our hiring fair, which we're having on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be braising chicken. We're going to be butchering chickens. We are also doing fresh pasta, which we're going to demo today. First week, kind of, I don't know, knife skills and lots of cutting, lots of dicing. Yep. Um, just really getting you familiarized with the kitchen. Taking a walk around. Second week gets a little more complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we like to up the bar just a little bit. You know, it gives us a good... Uh, a good way to view how they're progressing. We can take a look at their knife cuts uh, mm -hmm. when they share them to us, and we can see how curious they are about recipes and what they're what they're really absorbing through the class. Given that it is a such a high, fast-paced environment, uh, mm -hmm. we we really encourage these guys to take notes and reflect on those as much as possible. I can tell you guys love to teach. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, you love to cook. It's you love to interact as well. You encourage people. Ask questions. Participate. You know. Um, the opportunity to work in Studio Kitchen right now and to have the full filming and the different camera angles. First week, kind of basic. Second weeks, we get a little more. But by the end of the third week, uh, Chef Marcus, what, what do you figure you're going to have that stepping off point as you get into that real-time kitchen? Well, well, we hope that uh, by the third week, our students are able to have the skills to kind of, kind of come up with their own dishes mm -hmm. and be creative in that regard. Um, but also we want them to have the technical abilities and just have the exposure to a lot of techniques that would allow them to be either like a prepper or line chef at a professional restaurant. That's fantastic. You ever see one of your students come in uh, because you both work in restaurants? I see right? them yeah. at the bar a lot. Yeah, I've seen a couple, <laughs> more than a couple at the bar. So if you go through this program, you will have a seat at the bar. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool, though, to see you guys teaching to be in your element. Today we're going to get a little taste of that as well. What are you going to cook up for us today, gents? Uh, we're going to braise some chicken for you guys. Um, we're going to do like almost like a cacciatore style. Um, we've got some like kind of... Italian kind of um, aromatics, and then we're going to do a fresh pasta, uh, and then we're going to grill off some zucchini and rack of lamb on the charcoal that we have here. We got some work to do. Yeah. Where do you want to begin? Um, let's start with breaking down this chicken All here. Right. Um, it's Blake's specialty. Um, what he's going to do is just break it down into the pieces that we're going to braise. Um, and then we're he's just going to throw these. He can just throw it all into this... Uh, Think of flour here. We'll dredge it, and then I'll get this uh, braise going. Chef Oakley took care of his chicken pretty good earlier there. Yep. That, breaking down a chicken, that's, again, one of the basics that you covered in the first week of the class as well. Yep. So, yeah, you can see Blake just peeling off the old breast here. Turn it around. I think every chef has their own technique for this. And as long as you get the job done and you do it well... I really can't argue with that. Technique is everything, though, as you work around that chicken. There is a method to everything that you're doing right now. There yep. sure is. And again, on the Modern Eater website, and people are, I mean, seriously, you want to get in on this ASAP. The next um, uh, class string of classes is going to be coming up two weeks Actually, two weeks, you'll be done with this next one, and then a week in between. That's correct. And then you'll be back at it. So yes. next month is what we'll basically say. So yep. for February, and just think, by the end of February, you're locked and loaded with those baseline skills that you need to get into that, uh, get into that kitchen <laughs> setting. That's free. All right. All so right. what we got here are we're just going to braise all these pieces whole. Um, we'll leave the wings and the carcass 
for uh, stock, but what we're going to do here um, is we are going to season this flour. Uh, this is just AP flour. We're going to give it a significant amount of salt, a little bit less pepper, and then just kind of toss it. We don't need a ton, just enough to very, very lightly dredge uh, this chicken. Um, so we're going to do it bone in. It's going to give us like a lot more flavor. Um, like I said, very, very lightly. And we're, we're going to shake off the uh, excess here. And then we're just going to bread all of these. So what we're going to do is we're going to brown these first. And then uh, we're going to kind of just create a sauce around it. And then we're going to return this chicken back and then um, braise it for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes or so. Not very long. Okay. All right. So if we come over here. For those of you guys that are just getting familiar with Chef Marcus and Chef Blake, Marcus, take a second to talk about yourself, <laughs> where you're from and where you work now. Um, I have my own uh, like Japanese bento box business. Uh, we're closed right now, but we also do private dining. Um, I've been cooking since I was a kid, probably since 14 or 15 years old. And because you wanted to or because you had to? Uh, because I had to. My All right, you were feeding the family. Uh, maybe not feeding the family, but my parents encouraged me at a young age to get a job. Um, I like your setup here, Chef. You yeah, put that thanks. right on the coals. Yep, right on the coals here. Um, we're going to put this down skin side down just so we can render a little bit of that fat out. I tried to get this as, as uh, level as I can just so the oil is not going to pool. But you need to do what you can. All right. So we've got all our chicken in here. And we're just going to brown this on the outside. You, you must have started watching some of that Amazon kitchen that I turned you guys into. <laughs> Chef, did, did you watch any of oh, that? Oh, it's so like good. <laughs> you like it? Yeah, thank you for that. So we're just Inside gonna kind of tilt this up and down, just kind of redistribute that oil. Like I said, we just want to make sure it's nice and level, or as level as we can. So um, you can see here we're not overcrowding this pot. Um, we do want color on here, and that's actually happening pretty quickly, which is nice. So uh, we're gonna let this go for another minute or so. Give it a flip, cook it for another minute, and then we're gonna remove everything. And then just kind of cook all of our aromatics and whatever fat renders out from there. So we're just getting some good color on it right exactly. now. Yeah. Um, and if you look over here, um, we have uh, red, uh, red onion, which we sliced. This is uh, fennel, which is julienne. We have kind of a th thicker uh, julienne of bell pepper here. A uh, couple carrots, uh, sliced garlic, fennel to garnish. Uh, along with some basil, and that's about it. Oh, chicken stock and tomato. So crushed tomato, we're not even going to use all of this, and then we're just going to braise it in the stock that we made from the chicken bones. So how does this fit in with the class? So uh, we go over all these kind of cuts uh, for our mise en place here. Um, and then we also teach our students how to make and utilize uh, the entire chicken. There's so there's no waste. In a professional kitchen, you want to mitigate waste as much as possible. So we teach them uh, techniques like stock making um, and then how to apply it into a complete dish.
perfect. As you're doing that, let's go over here and peek in with Chef Blake. Chef Blake, you brought some toys with you, too. Yeah, man. I, I get a really deep-rooted passion for making fresh pasta, something I've been kind of focusing on for about 10 years. Um, and I, I, I'm still not tired of it, so I guess you could call it love. Wow. <laughs> and you should be probably pretty good at it by I, now. I should hope so. Um, yeah, this machine right here, not so much a machine, it's just a tool. This is called a Kitara. Um, and it's, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to roll out sheets of pasta out of this fresh pasta dough through our machine right here. And then we're going to lay them flat onto here. We're going to press them through with this, uh, this rolling pin right here. And that's these little different spacings on top of this, um, this box right here are going to be the, the, the thickness of the noodles each. And then if you see, if we flip it over there, we got a little bit thinner ones Ooh, right yes, here. Yes, you do. Yeah, so. The double-sided. Multi, Multi-faceted tool, this guy. Now, I can't, that seems pretty labor-intensive, this, right? Uh, Are you using <laughs> that on a daily basis for your pasta making? You know, I used to. I used to make about 100 orders a day. Did you really? each one of these guys, yeah. It was a good time. Unbelievable. Had to start pretty early in the morning. Yep, same question to you, uh, Chef Blake. What, uh, as people are getting familiarized with you, what do you do with yourself? <laughs> Pretty uh, open-ended question, yeah, isn't I, it? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, I, mean, I like to read and bath, take uh, long baths. I love to stay busy. Um, kind of like Chef Marcus, I started my own private chef business during this whole uh covid shutdown scare yeah and it's it's doing pretty good um if you guys are curious denverprivatechef.com surprised i locked down that 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 domain name right there that's but that's a good one it was open um yeah and i i work uh, i'm still trying to figure out by the name what you do <laughs> that is a good one denverprivatechef.com gets get some pretty good traffic um yeah and then i, I work in a restaurant a couple of days a week just uh making fresh pasta as you can see right here and working on the line just because i enjoy it and then uh, Monday through Friday, I, I teach culinary quick, start with Chef Marcus. You're busy. Oh, yeah. Very busy. All right, we'll jump back over here with Marcus. Are you ready to go with Yeah, this? I'm about to oh. start sending this guy through here. Let's do it. I'm cool. not jumping at all then. All right. So you can see how this machine right here is going to help us out and stretch these babies out. And what are you looking for on there? Um, I'm feeling this dough right here. You don't want it to be too too wet or too dry you want to find a really nice balance with your with your sheet of dough here um, and what we're going to do is we're going to fold this over and kind of we'll do this technique that we call booking and this is going to add some really nice chew to this dough so you know you often hear al dente as a, refer, a reference to to your pasta noodles right and this is going to assist in that because this much like a, a loaf of bread this has got flour in it, it's got egg in it, it's got water in it. Um, and so with the flour, there's also that weak gluten protein in there. So the more that we manipulate this, the, the, the tighter those little protein strands are gonna become wound up and they're gonna give you a lot more bite. <clears throat> I love the process. And there's a lot of science behind this There as well. sure is. There we go. Feeling my dough, making sure it's not too, too wet. If it's too wet, we'll add a little bit of flour to it. To tell you how much Chef Blake loves this, he's got, uh, what, what do you have, 12 of those in your freezer right now <laughs> at home? I got about 10 left. Yeah, 10 left. I'm a sucker for some good pasta. 
So the setting keeps getting thinner each time? Yeah, so as we adjust this dial, we move these two rollers inside here a little bit closer. So what it's going to do is squeeze that dough as it goes in there, which in return makes it a little bit longer and uh, also thinner. This is a treat. <laughs> this is going to be a treat. I hope you fellas are hungry. What goes into making your pasta? What ingredients? The, you can tell. So I like semolina flour, um, type double zero flour if it's available. If not, all-purpose flour will work just fine. Um, a little bit of egg and a little bit of water. And a whole lot of love. <laughs> I guarantee it. I can't believe it just keeps getting longer and thinner, even though you're doubling it up. Look at that. So when do you know you're done? I'm going to run this through maybe one more time. I dare you. So we can see the thickness on there from yeah. the side. And I think that'll be a pretty good, a pretty good thickness for the tagliatelle we're going to do today. Something real simple, just a little bit of chicken stock, some crushed plum tomatoes, basil, a little fennel, and some shaved garlic. And of course, some really nice Parmesan cheese, just to finish it off. So this final roll through here. And then what I wanna do Let's take this little tool right here and start cutting my sheets. And so we were pretty lucky. I didn't have to add any flour to this as I rolled it through the machine. But I'm thinking I want to give it just a little bit before I push it through there because there's still a ton of moisture inside this pasta dough. And we want to make sure that the noodles don't stick together. So. I'm crazy excited to see this. Cool. So I do that. Maybe give it, well. Now, what are you a, looking for right now, Chef? Just kind of feeling the moisture level of this. And so I can push this guy forward and stretch out the noodles slightly. Then. Let it pop right down in there. So you can see these, these wires on here have cut these noodles to the exact length that we want. And then they have the same thickness that we had coming out of the machine. Pretty cool, right? Very cool. And you can go even thinner on the other side. Yeah, the other one will give us a really nice, very kind of a delicate noodle. flour the students always tend to really like this day I think that um, exposure to like fresh pasta is kind of limited even still sure uh, most people are they're just very used to eating barilla or, or de, de cacho 
which is totally fine. I mean, they're both great dried noodles, but mm-hmm. I think they're always kind of shocked when they actually taste the fresh noodle for the first time. And they're like, holy smokes, this is cool. And we like the fresh ones because they cook like that. I mean, you're in and out of the water in a minute and 20 seconds. Beautiful. So as all roads lead back to the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start and being here in Studio Kitchen as well, what are some of the accomplishments that you've seen throughout the years as teaching and just students and maybe jobs or um, just an overall? Um, I, I think the amount of students that we've got working in the industry over the past few years mm-hmm. is just, it was a staggering number before COVID. We were like over 500 placed and working in restaurants in Denver, which was a, I think that was probably my most proud uh, accomplishment through the program. You know, that and just like running into these, these, these guys inside of kitchens when you're out eating dinner. It's the coolest thing ever, you know, and they'll sometimes like wave at you or come around and say hello and yeah, it just makes you feel good. Just a, the ability to do something really nice and... How do you feel about the migration of the program? Um, kind of throughout the years, you've seen it develop and, and mature and, and yeah. tweaked it a little bit. We're just getting better and better every time. I mean, we don't, we very rarely omit anything from the program. It's always additions to it, yeah. Just because we want to like keep it up and keep it fresh and keep keep cooks interested in what we we have to teach these guys, you know. One of the fun things about Studio Kitchen being kind of that um, proverbial stage is we can bring other talented people in here as well to offer some of their expertise to highlight and enhance the curriculum as well. So as a lot of industry people watch the show, chefs and restaurant tours to the chefs what's the call out of like we want to hear from you we want you to participate in this program as well yeah absolutely we we love having guest chefs come in and, and talk about their restaurants and what they're doing the kind of food that they're uh, that they're, they're creating and and if, especially if they're looking to hire some cooks man we would love to sure. just get some um some like one-on-one time with the, the students and those potential chefs who want to come in and talk about their business i agree it's important to get to know um Chef Blake and Chef Marcus, because when you trust in what they're doing and have the input and involvement, the baseline of knowledge that these folks come out of this program with is truly going to save money for starting from scratch with mm-hmm. anybody in the kitchen. Yeah, you say, I mean, if, if somebody's got the passion for it and they're very interested in cooking food professionally, this I think that we've got a lot to to offer as far as getting in a little bit ahead of the curve, you know? I agree. Chef Marcus, what do you got going on except beautiful things? Oh, nothing much. Just adjusting these coals here. Um, just want to fan it, uh, kind of get some of that ash off so you can get some fresh burn and then uh, raise the heat a little bit. So we're just going to add some oxygen to the equation here. Um, and then we're just going to move this back on. So um, we've got all our aromatics in here. We just added the a little bit of wine about a glass or so um so what we're going to do now is we're going to add our stock and our tomato and then add our chicken back so we've got our our wine you can smell like the alcohol is burnt off so we're going to add our stock here and i've got my lid here with some more coals just kind of heating up so that we're not really interrupting the cooking process here we're going to add half of this now we'll just go for it. Okay. Yeah, we'll just go for it. Yeah, we're just going to go for it today. I like this setup. 
Yeah, right? Yeah, I love cooking on charcoal and wood flames. It's, uh, I think, just the very essence of cooking. It just a little, little more raw. All right, so we're going to bring this up. We're going to nestle our meat back in here ever so gently. You're nestling your meat ever yeah. so gently. You're <laughs> you you are it. perfect for this program. Very descriptive, chef. <laughs> All right. So now that that's nestled. And you are right. Um, make sure you get those juices in there. Um, yeah, we're going to just wait for this to kind of come up to a simmer. Then we're going to cover it. And then we're going to check back on this in about 20 minutes or so. Perfect. All right. Is it pasta cooking time yet? Uh, we're going to build our sauce really quick. Okay. Because I think... Uh, I think all of us want to get a little bite of this stuff, yeah? Absolutely. So what I'm doing right now is I'm shaving some, uh, some garlic pretty thin. We're going to toast this up in the pan. I'm using the mandolin for this. And we do a lot of um, product description and like how to utilize these tools inside of your kitchens that you'd really commonly see in just about every single professional restaurant, which is great for our students. Again, if you have any interest in this program, which you should, I mean, it, it is a no cost. Uh, it's basically a gimme. A lot of people are paying big bucks to go online just to learn how to cook. Um, here's something that would be perfect for you. Go to themoderneater.com, click on the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start tab. There's a sign-up form there. It says uh, sign up. More information is signing up. Just put your name on there. We'll contact you and see. Uh, is this a right fit for you? But the commitment is small. It's three weeks. It's four days in the week. Double up on Thursdays, right, Chef? That's right. Yeah, we do a long class on Thursdays, so you're only in there for Monday through Thursday. And we uh, offer a hiring fair every, uh, every single month, too. So if you're actively seeking a job, we can definitely help you with that. And when they say long class on Thursday, it's not like you're doing math equations or anything. <laughs> it's really actually very, very entertaining but the educational portion of it and the knowledge that these two chefs bring to the table, it's bar none and, and really encourage anybody who's either looking to sharpen their skills or just get in the kitchen for the first time. I'll tell you what, Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start with Chef Blake and Chef Marcus. It's what you want to do. Marcus, it's looking good over there, my friend. You're even taking yeah. some pictures, huh? Yep. Got to. Got to document this. So um, I just fed the... Uh, the charcoal a bit. We just put some on top, but we just want to, again, just give it a little oxygen. It's okay if a little of that char gets in there, too. It's flavor country, right? Yeah, it's earth. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, thank you so much to Rich O'Brien and Elevation Food Service reps for giving us everything that we need here in this kitchen and also to Proud Soul, Souls, Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions um, for giving us this Yoder Smoker. It's so cool. Josh Oakley's still here with us in the kitchen. And I think it's lunchtime. You can just move all my stuff to the side and those microphones. But we're going to set up some food. I, th I think he actually just wants to get his dishes back. Uh, thank you, Chef, for being here with us today. Okay, Marcus, this is coming together. But we need this needs time. Yeah, so we're going to cover it and uh, just uh, wait. We've got to be patient. We promise you pictures to all of this. They'll be on themoderneater.com and the Modern Eater's Facebook page along with our Instagram as well. 
over the weekend we had a uh, great trip up to the Monarch Casino in Blackhawk and had an opportunity to see their facilities and I'll tell you what you guys elevated food when it comes like buffet you think okay buffet no you there's literally chefs around each station taking it very seriously and also the chop house at the Monarch chef I gotta take you up there with me what was the crab situation like they got crabs up there <laughs> I almost gave you a joke. <laughs> you, ta- you tainted me a little bit with that. No, yes, yes, full swing, full swing. Really? Well, is there a, short- a crab shortage in the world that I don't know about? Is that? No, just on my plate. Just on your plate, yeah. The crab's there. But the Monarch Steakhouse was good as well. Great. I'll have to check it out. Okay, what else we got going on, you guys? We're uh, firing this sauce off real quick. and put our... Shaved garlic inside this pan. We're gonna let it toast up a little bit before we deglaze with uh, with white wine. These are all things our students get to look forward to this week. I think uh, mm-hmm. a lot of new terminology. We we tell them it's kind of like learning French a little bit because we're our words are definitely still steeped in French. Throw out some terminology. I'm sorry. Throw out some terminology out sure, there. Sure, I could display it too. What we're gonna do is deglaze this pan. Deglaze is a big word we like to use. And <laughs> check out Marcus fan and his coals over here. Jay, what does deglazing mean? Uh, deglazing uh, means we're gonna uh, hit this pan uh, with a liquid. Hit that pan with a liquid. And uh, I know you're supposed to. You're taking the color, you're the, the the browning off of the pan and incorporating it into uh, the garlic, right? Yeah. So or a lot of times, onions. when we when we braise an item or when we when we sear an item in a pan, um, you can add a liquid to it, which was the deglazing process, and it'll lift that fond off the bottom. And now all those little crispy bits or those dark caramelized uh, residual pieces that fall off the item is being cooked gets to be put inside the sauce or, or reincorporated into the dish, which man, is a pretty... I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you, man, the smell of the garlic and the wine together as he's cooking it, man, that just makes you want to put down all your cameras, all your phones, and just bury yeah. your face into the food, you know? Yeah, put a little fennel in there. It's a nice, thinly shaved fennel. A little chicken stock. Some of this really great chicken stock where our class made for... Stock day last week on uh, what was that Wednesday, Marcus? Yep. We're gonna give it some tomato and a little bit of basil. We're gonna put the basil in at the end though, just to keep it really nice and bright and green. Because if you put it in too soon, it's gonna turn kind of drab and gray. So I'm going to season these with a little bit of salt and pepper. I think uh, Marcus has got the monopoly on that stuff right now. Come on up. A little pepper. Now we're going to taste it because tasting your food is something that is incredibly important that I think that even though we're living in the COVID world, you still need to train your cooks to be able to identify if their food needs to be seasoned a little bit different if it needs salt if it needs balance you need acid you need to you need to change or alter it and make sure it's perfect before it goes out to the table because your guest is paying money for this 
what I love about this is, and truly by watching the class this past week, all of the basic steps that you had leading up to this point is creating this dish. Absolutely. You want to try it? I do want to try it. <laughs> And so it's going to taste a little bit different when we add that basil there at the end. And then we're going to grate a little bit of really nice Parmesan cheese on top. So it'll come together to be a pretty beautiful fresh pasta dish all made within about, what, 10 minutes? Yes. And Not it's bad. just so bright and flavorful. Perfect. Just all fresh ingredients. Mm. Cool. We're going to turn this down, let it simmer. Mama mia. And we're going to drop our noodles. And these guys are going to flash. And they're going to cook within about maybe a minute to a minute and a half. Yep, flam, <laughs> fam those flames there, Mark. You can't hurry <laughs> that over there, though. And for the sake of what we're doing, of course, we can't go another 15 or 20 minutes till it's done. So this will give you the encouragement to check back to our Facebook page to see this final product. But we definitely need to see the noodles get done here. So we're going to give these a shake just to make sure that they don't stick. We're going to let them hang out in this salted boiling water for... Just about another minute, because we rolled them a little bit thin, if you guys remember. Yeah. So fresher ingredients, when it comes to pasta, will cook faster. Fresh pasta always cooks a little bit faster, um, because it still retains a lot of moisture inside of it. Gotcha. Um, the dried noodles, we have to reconstitute those and then cook them as well. Mm -hmm. So you can see that your dried pastas are usually going to take about 11 to like 14 minutes, depending on the noodle. Unbelievable. Uh, a treat. You have a question? Hey, Chef, is there any difference nutritionally in, you know, store-bought pasta versus homemade pastas, you know, as far as you know, fat content, calories, et cetera? So this pasta, I think, would have a little bit more, cal a little bit more calorie to it um, because it's got a little bit more fat in it. It's got eggs in it. Mm -hmm. um, those dried noodles from, the, from the, the grocery store typically are only just semolina and water. And, and, and uh, a lot less preservatives this way true as as well so those preservatives will do all kinds of crazy stuff to you as far as um, just how your body reacts and inflammation and processing it too so fresh is always if you get if you have the luxury the, the best way to go that's right so we're going to give this noodle a taste and see the level of al dente we're working with oh yeah we're in business yeah Give it a shot. I want to take an opportunity real quick to tell you about what we're doing on Wednesday. The Modern Eater Show, we're going to take off to a 45-year restaurant here in Colorado. And Las Delicias. I don't know if you know who Roberto Torres is, but uh, Senior has done a lot of great work here in Colorado. And we have a special opportunity to honor him for 45 years. And we're going to go to Las Delicias, and we're going to talk to... Uh, senior Roberto Torres on Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to that. Just cooking up a storm here. A lot of cooking in the kitchen. How today. we do? And let that cook in the sauce, and then we can go to plate. Can I borrow your uh, your peeler? Peeler, yep. Smells so good. 
Thanks. Actually, I think I have mine. So Thank you. Yeah. Oop. A little bit extra. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. You do a little side one of these things. Oh, Greg's getting some plates. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I want to, uh, while we got the chefs here. Put their taste buds on that. Grab a fork, boys. I want you to taste this before you take it off. I've been eating all day. Yeah, I hope you're hungry. I am. Rack of lamb, pasta, yep. chicken, cacciatore. You know, I think it's not intermittent fasting. It's inadvertent fasting. I just, like, <laughs> turns out I just don't eat until, you know, there's a yes. huge amount of food that shows up. What's that? All right, here we go. We've got, got our chefs here with us still. Got to get a little taste going. Oh, yeah. See, that's, that's the one right there, all that garlic coming in. Can't forget this. Forgot my fancy olive oil at home. Sorry, guys. Don't ever do that again. What's that? Don't ever do that again. <laughs> they are civilians right now. <laughs> so now it's uh, Josh and Tony. There we go. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. Grab a dish there, boys. Of course. From ball of dough to noodles and sauce in 10 minutes. Should be bright, fresh. All right. Semolina, yeah. That's great. I was talking to Chef here. He said put semolina in the dough, which is a nice way to add texture to it. So pasta dough doesn't get mushy on you. That's good. That's wonderful. It's excellent. Thank you. She's How's that looking over there? My pleasure. <laughs> How's that looking over there, Marcus? Oh, she's working. You can see the steam escaping. Oh, yeah. So. I got those coals on the bottom and the top. Yep. Cooking Dutch from up. two different it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is the first time we started this thing up. Though. Yeah, right? This, this, this grill is amazing. And then, yeah, we'll have a nice bed of embers. to just. I'm going to throw this rack of lamb like, straight on them. We will show you the final product again Wednesday. We'll be at Los Delicious in Uptown, and we'll be catching up with Roberto Torres Sr. Junior will come in, too, 
and that whole family of Las Delicias. 45 years serving us. That'll be Wednesday. Um, classes continue. Yeah. Can't get in on this one, but uh, the next course in February, you can join in as well. I can't thank everybody enough. Chef Josh Oakley taking the time for us here today. You're welcome. I appreciate the time and finally, again, just getting this one-on-one with you. We're going to do some more. And Chef Anthony, it's good to meet new friends. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Chef Blake, thank you. Chef Marcus, thank you. We've got some eating to do. <laughs> for Jay Parker, myself, Greg Holland, back. Hope you had a great Monday. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks for being around. Whatever you do, stay safe, stay warm, and be good to each other. See you back on Wednesday. The Modern Eater Show continues. <laughs>